This is the Shenandoah Down Under podcast. In the final days of the American Civil War, the CSS Shenandoah set out on an epic year-long secret mission. Join your Australian hosts, Robert Love and Michael O'Brien, as they follow the last Confederate cruiser on its quest to find and sink the Yankee whaling fleet, wherever on the high sea they may find them. And hello, and this is Shenandoah Down Under, or Confederate Pirate Save the Whales, with Rob and Mob, Robert Love and Michael O'Brien. I'm Rob. And I'm Mob. And uh, this is a special episode, because we haven't been on uh, on air for the last two weeks. Um, and that's, I'm going to say, all my fault, because I've actually been, uh, like the crew of the Shenandoah, circum... Well, actually, didn't circumnavigate the world, <laughs> I did go from one end of the world to the other and then back again, but I didn't quite go all the way round. And and you ended up in a one-star German youth hostel, I believe, that had um, internet access only in one seat in the lounge. Uh, yes, which was uh, <laughs> much fought over. And let me tell you, Rob, there's a reason why it is a one-star youth hostel. You know why that is? Why is that, Michael? <laughs> because there's no such thing as a no-star youth hostel. Yes, for... Uh, fairly unfathomable reasons. Uh, rather than stay in a hotel when we were at this international game fair, we stayed at a youth hostel, which had the added convenience of being only 35 kilometres <laughs> and in a completely different town to Essen as well. Okay, okay. And with no Wi-Fi, or with Wi-Fi in, in one corner. So that kind of limited our ability to uh, to record as uh, as effectively as as we want to. to. To record our, our Shenandoah episodes. But mind you, before that, so um, I don't think there's, we can find any connection between the voyage of the Shenandoah and Essen in Germany, except um, it's probably a bit of a candidate with, with India for, uh, you know... Least f- likely. At least least likely. But before that, I believe, on your trip, you were in fact in San Francisco for a little while. I was, yes. I actually went the long way because yes. I didn't go across the Pacific from Australia to San Francisco. I went via Abu Dhabi in the Middle East. Okay. okay. And I uh, actually stopped there for less than 24 hours because I had to go to the bank. And that's another long and involved and complicated story, maybe for a different podcast. And then off to San Francisco, which is a 16-hour flight, which, um, you know, the Shenandoah managed to travel in comfort and style the offices in their wardroom because uh, they had flush toilets, yes. which we, of course, also did on the plane. And uh, they also had very comfortable uh, furniture, didn't they? Yes, although I did tend to move around the wardroom in, in some storms because it wasn't uh, designed to be sea furniture. It was just perfectly normal furniture. Yes, so yes. They, they probably yes. had to nail it to the, uh, to the wardroom floor. Well, I went to economy class to San Francisco and it is um, a very long flight. It's about 16 hours. Yes. Um, I did come back business class, but it was on a weird jet airways flight that had the weirdest configuration for business class seats I've, I've ever seen. Everybody sat facing inwards, and to actually look out the window, you had to look over your shoulder, which was very bizarre indeed. That, that is, I've never heard of anything like that before. No, but, no, it, um, was, it was very odd. Anyway, look, I, I think that's enough excuses as to why we haven't had an episode. I think uh, we but, should. But oh, we were saying San Francisco. There is yes. a link there. Yes, there is. Yes, because if if uh, if our listeners recall, at one stage Captain Waddell had the. Uh, fairly deranged plan that they could take the Shenandoah down to San Francisco. They could capture the Union warship that yes. was uh, there guarding the entrance to the uh, to the bay. 
and then uh, presumably uh, shell the town or force them into surrender. Um, that plan really probably would have worked dramatically well, given that they were going to do it two months after the war That's ended. That's exactly so right. No one yes. would have <laughs> but in all other respects, it was a pretty crazy plan. Yes, yes, and um, yeah. It's, it's a shame it didn't come off because San Francisco has been destroyed a number of times. So, so once more wouldn't have hurt, really. But um, anyway, so, so you, you did manage to get to San Francisco. Are there, are there any mementos of the Civil War that you could see in San Francisco? Well, actually, I didn't spend my time in San Francisco. I was actually in a place called Hayward. Yes. Which is, um, it's very interesting. You San Francisco is a very attractive city. And then you go on what's called the Bar, the Bay Area um regional or railway transit or something yep. over to Oakland, which is the city okay. on the, the other side. And that's a much more sort of industrial uh, city. I believe the Hells Angels, for instance, came from Oakland. Did they? Yeah, yeah. yes, I think, I think. And then I went down to a uh, small part in in, uh, in Oakland uh, where I was doing some work. But we were staying in a place called Pleasanton. Okay. And, of course... Pleasanton is uh, apparently one of the nicest places in the whole of Southern California, and hits the name. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, it wouldn't be the same if it was called Crappington or something, <laughs> would it? No, pro- probably not. Anyway, enough of my travels. <laughs> we better get back to the Shenandoah. Mm. So, in the two weeks that uh, we haven't been able to record, they've been busy trying to get back to, uh, well, well, get back away to from where? Worships. Back to where? Yes, that is the that is the magic question, isn't it? But before we say where they where they're going to go, where are they exactly now, Rob? Well, they they've rounded Cape Horn. They've seen lots of icebergs, and I believe they are now getting towards um, near, close to the Falkland Islands. The Falkland Islands. Yes. Wow. So so again, it, it's funny how anywhere a warship goes in the in the in the world is is near where a war was fought. I mean, yes. you know, we've we've had you know up, you know, up in the Arctic uh, that the Russians and the Japanese fought. So um, uh, yes, so they're near the Falkland Islands, and um, this this brings something up because I, I would have thought by now that um, yeah the 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 Shenandoah they would have worked out that they're going back to Liverpool, but no. Um, this all starts off somewhat innocuously, at least in Lining's journal, with Monday, September the 25th, 1865, talk among the officers about the crews, whether they are going to Cape Town, a North Atlantic port, or England. And this seems to be starting innocuously enough. But There, um, there had been earlier discussion as to whether they were going back to Melbourne wasn't there. Or, or Sydney. Or or very, very early in the Sydney. piece. Yeah. It was Sydney, wasn't it, because they thought they'd get a better reception there. But that was scuppered. Yes. And uh, now there seems to be debate. Well, yes, yeah, I think actually the captain thought that he had said, Captain Waddell thought that he had said, we are going back to Liverpool. Therefore, oh, that but, is what uh, we'll do. But perhaps there's been some disagreement. Anyway, look, um, um, I'm sure Mr Whittle will have some things to say about this, but... Um, uh, Surgeon Lining, gee, he's a good gossip. You know, he's. he's um, I'm, I'm still very sad that Midshipman Mason did not continue his uh, his diary. But um, if you want the goss, you go to Surgeon Lining. So, opinion as to where we ought to go, running very high in the mess. Grimball actually asserted that he would rather be captured and kept in prison twenty years than going to Cape Town. That's a bit harsh. Is it, yeah. is it, is it that? I, I believe it's a very beautiful place. I've been to Cape Town. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is a beautiful place. Oh, yes. Anyway, while on the other hand, O'Brien says he hopes that we may, we may be captured if we go into the North Atlantic. 
So between these two opinions, the rest of us were between two millstones bound to suffer either way we go. Scales calls it sneaking into Cape Town. But I can't see any difference between that and sneaking into Liverpool. If I had my will, I would soon point her to where I wanted to go. But he doesn't actually say where he wants to go. Oh, OK. But, um, yeah. And he doesn't have his will because he's a surgeon. He's not the captain. So, uh, Well, the, the, the executive officer, Mr Whittle, whose uh, journal we've been looking at from his the book The Voyage of the CSS Shenandoah, a memorable cruise, which I'm now riffling in the traditional <laughs> format in front of the microphone... He also talks about this. He does make the note that, that tonight, this is on the 29th of September, Yes. they crossed their track of the 29th of November, 1864, 10 months ago. Oh. We have been around the world. So this is the point where they've, they've actually got back to where they've uh, started. And now they've got to head up, I guess. In, this is, must be in terms of uh, longitude. They must have gone round to the same point. Yep. Um, we In that time, we've travelled over 45,000 statute miles of water, the first to carry our downtrodden flag around. We have done our work nobly and honourably, except in the eyes of our prejudiced enemies. Oh, is who, it? Who no doubt place us in the same category with Captain Kidd. I, I think no doubt whatsoever that they are the same category as Captain Kidd. Because, again, Captain, uh, Captain Kidd was uh, somebody who had been a captain in the, in the English Navy. Yes, but, he had a letter of mark. Yes, then. yes, and then he went rogue. So, okay. so yes, he started good and then he broke very, very bad. I, I think that was he killed one of, the, one of his enlisted men with a bucket. Yes, and I, I, think, and I, I think he was cashiered thing. for that. And then he sod that, I'm going to go off to be a pirate, which he did very successfully because he had all the training. Anyway, anyway. So um, he then goes on to say that some 77 men signed the paper last night, sent in in favour of going to England and expressing their unbounded confidence in the captain and their determination to stand by him in anything he attempts. Now, interestingly, uh, the paper exists... And it only has seventy-one names on it, and it's surmised by the editor of this uh, this work that the other six were the six officers who agreed with the captain. Oh, okay, who agreed with the captain but did not sign the petition. But didn't sign it because you know it's not the sort of thing. A, yeah, yeah, a, no, a, yes, exactly. An officer does, and in fact, uh, Whittle himself goes on to say that uh, you know um, papers, petitions, etc., etc are not my forte, and as executive officer, I will have nothing to do with them, for he has my support in anything except one, and that would be any attempt to go to a Yankee port. I think that would be really crossing the line, wouldn't it? I think that's fair enough. So a large majority of the officers um, are vehemently opposed to running the unnecessary risks of going to England and are are in favour of going to Cape Town, but the men want to go to England. I think men, captain versus officers, I I think I know how that's going to end up. So, well, well, um, Lining, of course, uh, has has his take on this, and um, so I'll just give a bit more background. So Wednesday, September the 27th, 1865... We have a fair wind to go to the northward now, and the ship is evidently pointed that way and not for Cape Town, as many of us expected she would go, particularly after the captain had said that he would take her into the nearest English port. Oh, OK, so 
Cape Town presumably is an English port? Well, it was at this point, yes. Oh, of course, because the, the, the Boer War hadn't been fought yet. No, oh. no. and uh, they'd taken off the Dutch in the uh, wars against Napoleon, I believe. So they've, they've, they've had, the English have been there for a while. OK, OK. So I think, I think Waddell might have been foxing saying English, but really meaning... Well, Actually, in England. England, yes, yes. He was he was using air quotes when he, <laughs> when he said that. Yes. At, at night, Bullock came to me and said that he wanted me to sign an address to the captain, asking him in most respectful terms to go to Cape Town, and stating some of our reasons for wanting to do it, among others that the ship was crank, and we did not think that she would be safe in the heavy gales of the North Atlantic. Um, given that the Everybody's been raving about how great the ship is up to this point. I think that's a little bit... Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I told him that I did not think that such an address would be of any use as Waddell's mind was, I thought, made up to go to Liverpool. He came round the Cape and did not go to Sydney at his better judgment at first advised him to do because he wanted it said that his ship had gone round the world and that she was the only Confederate vessel that ever did it. And now I thought that he was going to England. He gave me his reasons why he wanted to get up this petition. And I finally told him that if he wanted my name, that I would sign it. So it's interesting. Cause so, so, okay, so Lining is saying that he, maybe, maybe he didn't. I'm on, you know, there's another, um, there's another day here, but uh, he's certainly saying that um, he was going to. I think the, uh, the excuse that the ship is crank, you know, it's not going to sail very well is belied by the fact that uh, literally the day before, in uh, Whittle's journal, yes. he writes, um, the ship is now bent and has readied three jibs, three topsails, three courses, three topgallant sails, three royals, eight stay sails, one spencer, one spanker, one gaff topsail, and 12 <laughs> studding sails, making in all 38 sails. This is tremendous, is it not? She sails remarkably well under all circumstances, but being right would not beat well. So in other words, uh, literally the day before um, <laughs> this, this petition saying the ship's not going to be sailing very well in the, the North Atlantic, they have pretty much got out every sail they've got to just belt along. So I think that... Yes. Uh, now, now... Um controversy here well not controversy but if, in fact he, he notes on the next day every single stitch of sail they've, they've got out excellent yeah, you don't do that with a ship that's crank no 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 now Thursday September 28 1865 from Surgeon Lining I signed the address this morning together with Chu Bullock Smith O'Brien and Brown and it was sent into the captain Soon after, the steerage and forward officers sent in one. A little before three o'clock, a meeting took place in the cabin of Whittle, Grimble, Lee, Chu and Scales, I suppose to consider what was best to be done. Waddell was not present. Funny about that. Now, as the opinions of all the officers in the ship are well known on this point, it was easy to foretell how they will decide if my supposition as to the purpose for which they went in is correct. The meeting seemed rather a stormy one, and finally the captain was called in. What they said or did, I don't know, but I know that the ship was kept on her course, and the address was of no use as I expected it to be. 
I am sorry now that I did not stick to my first opinion and refuse to sign. I never did think much of petitions and still less of this one. Well, then he should have done what Whittle did and, you know, not signed it. Yes, 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 but he's... He's nailed his colours. To the <laughs> oh dear! And yes, I don't think Captain Waddell is the sort of person who will uh, who will forget about that. No, sadly, no. Friday, September twenty nine, eighteen sixty five. Doctor Lining's journal. Feeling very badly with a bad headache and a troublesome cough. So it's never good when <laughs> doctors get sick, is it? No, no, not good. There is no doubt now as to where we are trying to go, as we have made four degrees of latitude and none of longitude. I am sorry to see how high party feeling runs. I don't think that means that they're going to have party balloons and squeakers. No. I fear it may yet may bring on some trouble. Grimble, Lee, Scales, Mason and Dr McNulty sent in some papers this evening, I suppose, asking for the ship to go to England or approving the captain's course. Mm. They're the six that approved. There you go, yes. I I, I knew Mason would be loyal to the captain, even though he obviously, I'm sure, thinks that, uh, you know, he's doing it all wrong, but I I knew that. Um, At supper, a little incident occurred which rather showed how the wind blew. The captain sent out a bottle of champagne to the mess and said that the ship had now been round the world and that we would drink to that event. Some of the officers did not drink but left the table, whether it was because they did oh. not they did not wish to drink at such an unseasonable hour, or that they did not wish to drink to the event when so sent out. I know not, but I do think a point might have been strained under the circumstances, and I think it was kindly and politely meant. I, I think sending a bottle of champagne to the mess is kindly and politely meant, and I think to not drink it is a is a churlish act. I, I think that is extremely churlish. It is sending a message to the captain, isn't it? Oh, this is not a happy ship. It's, it's not a happy ship. And I mean, sh- sh- shall I go on? Because it, it only gets worse. It only dear. gets worse. Oh, Don't t- I, look. <laughs> I know exactly what the captain's going to do at this point, which is, you know, just not what captains are meant to do. It's it's very Captain Queegish. Tell us, tell us, what does he do? Oh, okay, okay. So, um, Sunday, October the 1st, no entry, thank God. Monday, October the 2nd, 1865. Coolness partly wearing off except on Grimble's part. For the rest of us all talk and go on as usual, except there is not much going on as there used to be. Our water was cut down today to short allowance, only 99 gallons being allowed to the 134 souls on board. Oh, that's now that, that's very mutiny on the bounty. If you remember um, from yes. from the movie, that that was where all the trouble started. Cause, well, um, there's also uh, Whittle talks about at the same point of three cases of scurvy happening as well. And if you remember at the start of the cruise when they had all those fresh vegetables, yes, and yes, those tins of tomato soup and everything else. Well, I, I think I think the tins of tomatoes would probably stop people getting scurvy. I'm, I'm sure of tomatoes. Well, they're either all used up or they're so damn sick of them <laughs> that uh, they're not they're eating them. But yes. Once you've got a shortage of water and scurvy happening, that that doesn't help, does it? That's not good, and there's still a there's still a oh still a month to go. Um, another witches scandal flying around ship, which I think means perhaps not that there's literally witches flying around the ship, but perhaps a scandal is flying around as a witch does, spreading uh-huh. yes. spreading dissension and malice. Um, which seriously affects the character of me and of the officers, and unjustly so. 
The report being due as nearly everyone thinks to the malice of Mr. Minor. Uh, that's, of course... Oh, Dabney Minor Scales. Well, actually, there was another, there was another Minor. So it, might, it might not be oh, uh, okay. Minor Scales. A report which could be traced to nobody but through several persons got flying around that Mr. Hunt had appropriated to himself several hundred dollars, which he had brought from one of the prizes. He came himself to the first lieutenant and reported that the report was flying about, but that he could trace it to no one, that it was entirely false and begged Mr. Whittle to investigate it. Whittle did so and can find no foundation for it or any ground of truth. So, of course, Mr. H is cleared in the estimation of all just persons. As I had never heard the reason why the consultation of the five officers was called on Thursday last or the result they came to, I asked Chu this evening to tell it to me. The five watch officers, Whittle, Grimble, Lee, Chu and Scales, were sent for in the cabin, where the captain stated to them that his intention had been to carry the ship into Cape Town, that sitting, since getting on this side he had changed his intention and was going to try and go into some European port, but that he had received some petitions signed by so many officers requesting him to go to Cape Town, that he would leave it for their consideration and oh, be guided again. by their decision. Oh, He's me. called a council of war. Another one. Oh, oh. Well, the last one didn't work out too well. But none of them have worked. Has, he ever, has Captain Waddell ever worked out that this never ends well? Because he calls these councils of war, but then he ignores whatever they say. Oh. The petitions were then read and discussed pretty angrily in which no one's opinion was changed, and three out of the five were for going to Liverpool, that's Grimble, Lee and Scales. Oh, okay. I consider this the smartest thing the captain had ever done on board this ship. He knew before he called them into the cabin the opinion of every officer, because this thing had been openly, loudly and angrily discussed time and time again in the wardroom, where every word could be heard in the cabin, and he knew that he would have a majority of the council on his side. He left out of the council Bullock, who had always heretofore been called in, not to mention other officers who were present at important consultations. In this way, certain that it would be decided as he wished, he threw all the responsibility on the shoulders of the council and says coolly, Gentlemen, I feel will be guided by you. I feel mad with myself when I think of the advantage we gave him when we did sign the petition. He afterwards states to Mr. Cod that his watch officers are the only ones on board the ship to whom he looks to advice. Before he stated this so boldly, he should have remembered the past when he called all his officers to decide whether the ship should be taken to sea or not, he being one and the only one, he thought she should go into some near port to look for a crew. Had other than the watch officers then said otherwise, and they did, never, I honestly believe, would this ship have ever made a part of a cruise ever. I shall not forget these words directly, and may yet have a chance of using them. Sergeant Canning, very sick tonight. I hardly think now he will reach England. I did want to go through this cruise without losing a single man, but I am afraid now that I shall not. Oh, ominous, ominous spoiler music, if, yes. if, if we had such a thing. Well, so, so, so this might finally have been the Council of War that was a, was a smart thing for, uh, for Waddell to do. Shame the war ended two months ago. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's a Council of Peace, but, um, oh dear, so anyway, anyway, um, 
I think, uh, well, that, that was an, an action-packed episode. If, if by action-packed you mean lots of lots of backbiting, gossip, fighting, and rumours of, uh, of embezzlement. I, I, I've never heard rumours of embezzlement in a, in a, in a, in a, in a war and, story and, before. And it would have to, of course, be Cornelius Hunt. Yes, yes, yes. Now, um, just a bit of a spoiler for next week, because I'm afraid the backbiting, fighting, and sparking <laughs> is, is not going to uh, abate in any way whatsoever. Okay. In fact, if only it gets worse. So, um, I... I'll actually tell the story next week of what this is about, but this is the uh, brief note that was sent to uh, Mr. Whittle. Yes. And this is on October the 12th, 1865. Uh, this morning I was called on by Lieutenant Lee. Yes. Who is the only man in my mess with whom I am not on good terms. And it must be, it must be terribly hard to be not on good terms with people on board a, a yes. small ship that you haven't gone... You've gone around the world with. And was given this note, and it's uh, Lieutenant W.C. Whittle. Sir, I demand an explanation and withdrawal of the language you applied to me in the presence of Lieutenant Scales last evening. Should the demand appear extravagant, such other satisfaction as is looked for between gentlemen is expected at your earliest convenience. Lieutenant Lee will bring me your reply, yours and etc. Signed. Frederick J. McNulty. And, oh, uh, dear. If you remember, Mr. McNulty is a fairly thirsty man. And, uh... Oh, maybe, maybe Whittle called all him I'll out. Say, all I'll say is it, it, it relates something in that, uh, something in that direction. And demanding satisfaction, of course, means... Uh, a duel. A duel. Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't think the Irish were terribly big on duels at this time, but there but, you go. Uh, unfortunately, you can't really have a duel on board ship. No. So it'll have to wait. But uh, that is the letter that was sent, and in next week's episode I'll explain exactly what happened there. Oh, my goodness. Well, that, that's... that's... We're on tenterhooks. We're on a cliffhanger. We are, yes. But uh, so until next week, this has been uh, Shenandoah Down Under or Confederate Pirate Save the Whales. Um, I was Rob. And I am still Mob. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. Tally ho. And goodbye. And ahoy. And ahoy. <laughs>